Welcome to the Cinema Men Podcast. I'm your host, John Murphy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matt Hurdle. Whoa! Glad to be here today, John Murphy, on a very, very exciting episode. One of my favorite episodes that we do every season at the end of the season. Yeah, what are we reviewing? We're reviewing the season. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it's our end of season extravaganza uh, we've, we've kind of coined it the seasonal awards because of our regular awards the spice awards um we're not reviewing anything tonight except for like matt said the season so we're going to be going through all of the movies that we watched this past season uh we're going to be kind of counting down uh or reflecting on the season talking about our king's journey stuff that we do um, some interesting factoids or statistics about stuff. And then we're going to have a big award show where we give out the ultimate awards for some of the categories that we give out throughout the year, but then some extra special ones also. That's right. For those of you out there who are not familiar with this format, uh, at the end of the year, usually around this time every year, we... Uh, call a break on the podcast so that we can go do holiday things with our families and uh, just have a little bit of time off. Uh, Fear not, we will be back before you know it with season four. But uh, we will be taking usually about a month off and then we we get right back to it. Yeah. Can you believe it's actually, this is technically season four. Because we started with season zero. That's right. I don't, we don't talk about season zero, though. Oh, right. But it's out there on the website, cinemamenpodcast.com. What's our yeah. website? Yeah, cinemamenpodcast.com. <laughs> You'll know you're there if you see the logo that is uh, on your podcast listening tool uh, on the website. You'll be in the right place. And you can listen to every episode of every season there. Yep, every single one. Good, bad, ugly. We haven't done They're that all one there. That's true. That might be a good yeah. one for season four. Have we done any of trilogy. the man? We haven't done any of the man. No, not a one okay. of them. Yep, that's a good, good season four idea. Here's the good. Now, what's the bad? Oh, I can come up with Schindler's that. List. <laughs> well. The most depressing episode we've ever had. <laughs> and then the ugly. We did that one this co- with the uh, Alien Apocalypse. I think we covered that one. <laughs> yeah, we're good at the bad and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me get through my spiel and then we can get started with the meat and potatoes. If you would like to get in touch with us or give us your take on a movie we have reviewed or give us some suggestions for season four. You can email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter, 
at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. You can also tell us what you thought your picks were for the categories that we're going to um, give out awards for uh, for this episode. If you would like to support us monetarily and have the means to do so, you can go to anchor.fm slash cinemamenpodcast slash support. We use the money to improve the quality of the podcast in advance. Thank you very much. Now that that's out of the way, let's get started. Oh, I can't wait, John. <laughs> so, hit me hit me with those statistics. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're coming. My favorite part of the podcast. <clears throat> so, first up, King's Journey. We didn't make a lot of headway this season. <laughs> I think we only watched two Stephen King movies, but um, for those that don't know, this is uh, a little series within the series that we do where we watch Stephen King movies and rank them uh, in the order of quality, according to us. Uh, And so we've gone through nine of probably the 60 bajillion Stephen King movies that are out there. So we have a long ways to go. (laughs) That's a number you can trust too, folks. John does not mess around when it comes to statistics. If he says there's 60 bajillion movies out there, there are. There are not 60 bajillion and one, not 59 bajillion and 99,000 and 99. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Tracing backwards the bajillion there. (laughs) I lost it. Is that a jillion before a bajillion? (laughs) Quadrillion? Bajillion? We haven't been drinking. Uh, All right. So our current ranking is number one, The Shining. (laughs) Number two, Carrie. Number three, The Dead Zone. Number four, Christine. Five is Cujo. Number six, Silver Bullet, which was one of the movies we reviewed this season. Uh, Number seven, Creep Show. Uh, number eight, the dreaded mini series, TV series, Salem's Lot. And number nine at the very bottom, Children of the Corn, which we also reviewed this season. And, you know, I have to say, uh, out of that listing, my biggest surprise, with no question, is got to be the Dead Zone. I yeah, never expected a- that one to be top three out of the first nine movies. It's a great movie. Underrated, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. <clears throat> and as we've said the last few seasons, The Shining is still holding strong at number one. Oof, that's that's going to be a it, really high tower to climb. It may not be, get, be beaten. <clears throat> uh, I'm not sure about Children of the Corn. I, it may stay down there at the bottom of the list, too. Uh, but there's some other... That we got maximum overdrive of. coming. If anything can tackle The Shining, it is maximum overdrive. The Shining. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, so the next King's Journey movie we watch whenever we decide to pick it will be uh, Cat's Eye, I believe. Oh, which... dude. Have you seen that one? <clears throat> I have not. Oh, and I, I also love haven't, that one. I haven't read any of the book or whatever it was i have no knowledge of that whatsoever. that one is a uh it's like a little 
it's kind of like creep show where it's like a couple of short stories, but they're all like connected. It, it's really good. I like it a lot. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. Uh, and that movie was originally released on April 12th of 1985, which was a great year for movies. So mm. maybe it'll be a great year for that movie. All right. So we're going to, I would say I'm going to, uh, put words in your mouth and say probably in season four we'll try to get through more uh, Stephen King movies. Let's do it. Let's get further down that road. We we'll stop maybe stop walking and pick up a the four wheeler or at least a bicycle or something. We can we can prancer size down the road. <laughs> prancer size, I like it. I uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> I've, I've said this joke before, but I think they're making Stephen King movies faster than we're reviewing them. So, yeah, we need to turn on the gas a little bit. Thankfully, they're remaking a lot of them. Hmm. So it kind of helps a little bit, maybe. But we'll I have really. to cover the remakes, too. That's true. <clears throat> All right. So for our list this season, we didn't we didn't get as many movies in. I think we had a lot of interruptions this year or this mm-hmm. past year. Um, which happens. Uh, but we watched 15 movies this season. Started off strong with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, then we watched Touch of Evil, which was a... Uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> uh, so that, that was a Hitchcock film. Uh, Legend with Tom Cruise, fantasy film. The Big Lebowski, starring, um, I can't think of names today. (laughs) 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 Wow. Uh, Holy cow. You can do this. It's the Coen Brothers movies. Mm Jeff Bridges. Yeah. There we go. There we go. And John, John Goodman. Yeah. And one more. Oh, oh, oh crazy eyes. There we go. <laughs> I had him, but he wasn't. Like, <laughs> I was thinking of the top guy. I couldn't even think of him. Maybe I won't uh, put any detail in here. <laughs> yeah. uh, American Graffiti with Ron Howard. That one was Bicycle. Fun. Yep. Oh, yeah, that one. Surprising for me because I'd never really seen it, uh, but it was really good. <clears throat> uh, Bicycle Thieves, which is that that movie that film buffs always say is like a must watch. They show it in in colleges in film schools. Uh, Children of the Corn, we already talked about Stephen King movie. Alien Apocalypse, a sci fi movie. I'm twenty three years old. <laughs> My name is Jeff. (laughs) By sci-fi, I mean it was a sci-fi channel exclusive movie. So it was a made-for-TV movie. Uh, Jaws. Don't really have to say anything about that. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Again, (laughs) should uh, the title should speak for itself. American Gangster, Ridley Scott, gangster movie starring Denzel Washington. Uh, Alien, little, little, tiny movie. 
Uh, Silver Bullet, the other Stephen King movie we watched, which is about werewolves. Arachnophobia, Matt's favorite movie about spiders. And Iron Eagle, the action-adventure film with planes. <laughs> with, with planes, yeah. <laughs> so that that's our list. Um, anything you want to note about that list overall? Uh, you know, I think we did a decent job this year. Um, usually we have a little bit more goofiness in there. We covered some higher quality movies this season, I think, on average. Uh, but it, it was a good list, and I got to, as always, see some good movies that I had not seen before. Um, yeah. Some of the notable ones, Touch of Evil, never seen. Um, a legend I'd never actually paid attention to, but I had seen. Uh, American Graffiti, hadn't seen that. Bicycle Thieves, never seen it. Alien Apocalypse, I know this is hard to believe, but I have never seen that one. Uh, American Gangster was a new one to me. So uh, a number of, of movies I have not seen. Yeah. Yeah, same for me, Touch of Evil. Uh, the Big Lebowski was one on my list that I owned for years and years, and I just haven't, didn't ever watch uh, American Graffiti, Bicycle Thieves. Uh, I fell asleep through Children of the Corn the first time, so I guess technically <laughs> that I didn't see that. Um, I praise. Uh, Silver Bullet, I hadn't seen, but I read the novelette. Um, and Iron Eagle, uh, I might as well say I hadn't seen it because I had, hadn't seen enough of it, and it had been decades. So, Yeah. Uh, going back to your point about quality, um, I think you're right, because when I was compiling our top five based on star ratings. Um, last season, we had a bunch of ties for lower ratings, so like eights and sevens. Mm -hmm. uh, this season, we both have two tens, Jaws and Alien. Both of mm -hmm. those, we scored a 10. And three nines each. Um, you ranked Temple of Doom, Big Lebowski, and American Gangster as nines. And I ranked Temple of Doom, Bicycle Thieves and Big Lebowski is nines. You know, that that brings something up this season that we've seen that's kind of unusual for us. We agreed on a lot of movies this year. Typically, when we started this podcast, John was given the high numbers and I was I was down there giving out the lows. And as we've kind of done this for longer, it's kind of switched. Where I'm, I'm tending to give better reviews than John is, but <laughs> more important than that, we are giving the same ratings a lot now. Yeah, I, I wish I had the other one pulled up for like season one, but we score, we rated the same, the movie the same, we rated movies the same. Uh, let's see, eight times. Out of 15 movies. That's crazy. We're <laughs> going to need some more polarizing movies here, John. Uh, I, we can do it. <laughs> yes, we can. I, I don't know what will happen, but we can do it. 
Um, we both gave two 10 out of 10s, like we just discussed, Jaws and mm-hmm. Aliens this season. Uh, that's also pretty rare. We don't like to get out, give out a lot of 10s, but when you have a season with Jaws and Alien in it, it's kind of hard not to. Yeah, those were very well-deserved 10s. Uh, again, we were in sync eight times. Big Lebowski, American Graffiti, Alien Apocalypse, Jaws, Temple of Doom, Alien, Arachnophobia, and Iron and Iron Eagle, we all gave, we both gave the same rating. Um, it's madness. For the record, while we do have a little bit of insight into each other's Spice Awards every week that we do this, uh, we do not have any insight into star ratings. And so when we both give it the same rating, it's it's legitimately like just we gave it the same rating. We have no yeah. influence on each other when it comes to that. I have a little notepad on my desk and I write down Matt and I's rating. But before we even start the episode, I write mine down and put it in ink. That way I don't get influenced. Like if you go first, I don't change my number or something. Mm -hmm. Um, However, there have been times when I've written down a number and your, your, Discussion of the movie has made me change my number one way or the other. Well, that's that okay. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the point of the podcast, right? It's it's to provide reviews to the users or to the listeners out there. That's you, but uh, it it's no, not you. Everyone else but you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's also, I mean, we we do this because we love movies and like to talk about them, right? And so. I think that's cool. I mean, you've obviously affected a number of my ratings as well. Just the the back and forth discussion of the movie, um, digging into it, really kind of picking it apart from a uh, reviewing perspective, mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. It's fun to look at these movies with a critical eye. Yeah. I agree. Uh, <laughs> okay. Usually we have more greatest differences in ratings too, but because of the being in sync all the time, that whittled down to one movie, uh, <laughs> which was Bicycle Thieves. Um, Matt gave it a six and I gave it a nine, which isn't really that wide of a difference. Uh, but for this season, it's like the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just... I really found that movie fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. I I truly think it is a a masterpiece. It's a great film. It has a lot of good stuff in it that for that time and for that country, uh, because it was was made in Italy, um, it just was was a phenomenal, entertaining experience for me. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so you ranked, uh, Bicycle Thieves lower than me. Um, yeah, I didn't, I did not really dig Bicycle Thieves. I can see where people think it's a great movie, but I didn't love it. Fair enough. (laughs) It's not everybody's cup of tea. A cup of tea. Jeez, our comedy sucks. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm breaking on laughs by going cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're amateurs. <laughs> it's okay. So out of fifteen total movies, um, Matt scored five movies higher than me, which is kind of like what we were talking about, where I'm traditionally the one that is more optimistic. It's a flippy dippy. Yeah. But I strove in season one or two, I think, I strove to have a more critical eye on movies and try to not just score them high because I was entertained, uh, unless that's what the movie was trying to do. So Fair uh, enough. Um, and so out of 15 movies, I scored two movies higher than Matt, and the rest were ties, as we said. Mm-hmm. So, any other uh, fun little statistics or facts that you want to, that you know of, that you want to drop in? I haven't really done any statistical analyses. (laughs) Um, I can say Children of the Corn was our lowest rated movie by far. Uh, It wasn't even close. The closest to it was uh, Iron Eagle, which we both scored a four. With Children Mm -hmm. of the Corn, I gave it a two and you gave it a three. Um, bad movie. A lot of high scores this season. Uh, we stayed around the five mark or the ten mark for the most part. It was either somewhere between five and seven or uh, eight to ten for yep. almost everything, with a few outliers. That being Iron Eagle and uh, Children of the Corn. So, uh, yeah, not a lot of not a lot of bad movies this season. No. I should have done even, uh, averages. That that would have been interesting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Average. Even uh, Alien Apocalypse did okay. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. we scored them fours, but given what that is, that's that's pretty solid. <laughs> it's a it's a basically a made for TV movie with Bruce Campbell with a really low budget. It's not trying to be anything award winning. So for what it is, it was okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It wasn't uh, Jaws. <laughs> we uh, we seem to have leaned towards drama and action this season, uh, as I don't see a lot of comedies in here. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see any westerns, which is surprising to me. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, comedy wise, what we've got the Big Lebowski kind of fits the bill. Arachnophobia kind of fits the bill. Alien Apocalypse kind of fits the bill. And mm-hmm. American Graffiti, I guess, kind of. But nothing that's dedicated comedy. Yeah, nothing. No westerns, comedy. no rom-coms, which is kind of par for the course for us. We should probably do a couple of those. I've got um, one. That I, I think we've seen. Horror. Oh, yeah? yeah? What's that? Did we watch When Harry Met Sally? Not no, we've podcast, not done that one. But yeah, okay. I've actually never seen that. That's Billy Crystal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one to add. Um, but yeah, just about everything we've got is like action adventure slash horror. Yeah, it looks like. Um, so we we were kind of genre focused this season. So we'll try to spread that out maybe a little bit next time. But it will be hard if we try to continue with the King's Journey because that's going to pump the numbers with the horror. Yeah. Um, I can, I can tell you my... Uh... My thought process for my picks. 
at the beginning of the season, I wanted uh, movies that I hadn't seen before. They were on like a list of shame. Mm-hmm. And so I picked Touch of Evil and Big Lebowski and Bicycle Thieves. And then either you made a comment or I was like, man, these are too high quality. We need something else. And so I picked Alien Apocalypse. <laughs> and then right uh, down in there. Yeah. And then we had Indiana Jones. Uh, and then Alien. And then Arachnophobia, because that was Halloween. So, you know. Well, you put more thought into it than I did. I just think of movies I really want to talk about and review. And I make a list of them. And then usually make you pick a number to choose which one off my list I hit. That's true. <laughs> You're like, give me a 1985, 1987, or 1991. Pick a year. <laughs> I will say I, I enjoyed every movie we watched this season, though. I don't think there's, I mean, Children of the Corn, I even had some fun with that one. Although I had more fun reviewing it than I did watching yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the fun was for that one. Yeah, if I had to, if like we were asked to drop one, I would drop Children of the Corn because it wasn't very good. <laughs> but the rest, yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed quite a bit. Always, uh, always enjoy looking back at our movie list for the season just to see where we've been, what we've covered. <laughs> But yeah, that's all I've got. I don't I don't have any stats pulled up or I didn't really do any figure and I'm just looking at the list on our note sheet here. Cool. Well, let's do uh let's get into the seasonal awards then. The big show, right. the big dance. <laughs> All right, we've come up with some new ones, and by we, I mean Matt, um, but here's our list. <laughs> Just throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> here's our here's our list. Uh, best actor. That's a that's a staple. You gotta have that one. Uh, worst acting. I assume this means for a film. That is for a movie, not a individual. Yes. Uh, most underrated performance, most underrated film, best movie for family movie night, worst movie for family movie night. That could be a lot. <laughs> uh, best scene, best cin- cinematography, movie with the best special effects, movie with the best soundtrack or score. Uh, and then we will each pick our best season one, season three movie, our worst season three movie, and then we have to collectively choose our best season three movie. Uh, so some debate, maybe, or maybe yeah. not. Usually, there's debate. We'll see this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. So the first category is best actor. Matt, of all the movies, all those 15 movies, who was the best actor? Man, you're asking me the big questions here. 
Yeah. I've got to admit, guys, this these are the hardest awards to give out because you've got so much to choose from. Uh, you know, I, I sat and I thought and I thought, and after a, a lot of that, uh, I wound up settling on none other than the illustrious Denzel Washington, who played Frank Lucas I in American Gangster. Sources, and it's not going to be 100% pure. Ba, 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 ba. I don't want that. I know what you don't want, Frank. But look, what you're going to need is to get to the Chicho Syndicate, all right? Chalon Saigon, if they're going to deal with you at all. I understand it, but by then it's going to be too late. It'll be already chopped up. I want to go get it where they go get it from. I want to go to the source. So you're going to get it yourself? Why not? Huh? I came this far. You're going to go into the motherfucking jungle. I'm in the jungle. Look around. They're eating these roaches and whatever that is. Nigga, I'm talking about snakes, all right? I'm talking about tigers. I'm talking about Viet Cong. I'm talking about mosquitoes that fucking kill your ass. You want to go into the jungle? We going. It was yeah. a really tough decision because we had so much great acting, uh, so many options. Uh, I did really kind of waffle between Denzel and um, Alien. Help me. This is some Harrison. <laughs> it's contagious. <laughs> You've infected me, John. Sigourney Weaver? Sigourney Weaver, yes. I waffled between Denzel and Sigourney. Uh, I settled on Denzel because I felt like he acted harder, if that makes any sense. But Sigourney was amazing, too, and well-deserving of that award. But uh, Denzel won the edge out. Gotcha. Yeah, <clears throat> Denzel's kind of a... He's one of those super actors that can put in a great performance no matter what it is, it seems like. I really... Uh, really in awe of the way he was able to per produce portray. That's the word I'm looking for. How he was able to portray violence and gentleness in the same package. It was, that was just, it was amazing to me. I think he just did outstanding in that film. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was really good and menacing, like dangerous. Right, but he'd be but like not, your best friend and then flip a switch and he's menacing yeah. and dangerous, you know? It, That's it the most so well dangerous. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. All right. You have to know that this guy put in a great acting performance if he won out over Harrison Ford in an Indiana Jones movie. Oh my gosh, you did not go with Harrison Ford. No, I didn't. Um, I went with Robert Shaw, who played Quint in Jaws. Oh, it's a tattoo. I got that removed. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Mother. <laughs> what is it? Mr. Hooper, that's the USS Indianapolis. You were on the Indianapolis? What happened? Japanese submarine slammed two torpedoes into our side, Chief. He was coming back from the island of Tinian to Lady. He just delivered the bomb. 
Hiroshima bomb. Eleven hundred men went into the water. The vessel went down in twelve minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, thirteen footer. You know, you know that when you're in the water, chief. You tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. What we didn't know was our bomb mission had been so secret. No distress signal had been sent. <laughs> they didn't even list us overdue for the week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo, and the idea was... Shark comes to the nearest man, that man, he start pounding and hollering and screaming. Sometimes the shark would go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes out... Oh, oh John, that makes me so happy. That is still one of the, it is a spine tingling performance that he puts in, especially that monologue that he um, has on the boat when he's talking about his experiences um, being surrounded by sharks uh, and all of his crewmates or most of his crewmates getting eaten. Um, he just embodied that person to the point where if I didn't know any better, I would say they were, he was a shark hunter they picked up off the, off the street and had him like just be himself in Jaws. Um, it was a great performance. I, I couldn't think of anybody else that I would want to pick. Farewell in a duty, fair Spanish ladies. Farewell in a duty, ladies of Spain. Oh, it makes me happy. For the record, Jaws was my choice of movie. And Jaws has always been one of my very favorite movies of all time. I could watch it over and over and over. I just don't get tired of it. And uh, that was why I wanted to I wanted to drop it this season because I wanted John's uh, review of it. And the fact that he's picked Mr. Quint has uh, it's really just makes me happy. <laughs> it's it's great. It's one of those uh, legendary performances that won't ever grow old. All right. Next category. Worst acting in a film. <laughs> or worst. Yeah. The film that had the worst acting. This one was easy for me. Uh, <laughs> although it's a little bit unfair. Because I think the bad acting in this movie is by design. Yes. Uh, however, that does not mean that it's not bad acting. <laughs> And so my uh, easy choice for worst acting of the season goes to Alien Apocalypse. You're really not from another district? You're really from outer space? By Jupiter, that's better than another district. We've done real good. Yeah, we might get promoted for this. But you're working for the aliens and against the humans. Yeah, sure. It's a lot better than being a slave. But you're not helping things here. You're hurting them. What do you mean? 
I mean, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Shut up! Yes. A uh, pretty crappy movie that's a lot of fun to watch. And the acting is terrible, but I'm pretty sure that terrible acting is on purpose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, for sure it is. Um, I also picked this this movie as worst acting. You look at our list, and even Children of the Corn, I don't think the acting was bad. I think the story was bad, and the use of the characters was bad, and, and all of that, but not necessarily the acting. Um, Alien Apocalypse, on the other hand, has some of the worst delivered lines. Uh, it, um, it, it just, it's just bad acting. Yes. Yeah. In a movie starring one of my favorite actors of all time, Bruce Campbell. Um, he's probably the best in it, but even he is delivering the cheese. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Uh, most underrated performance. Most underrated performance was a very hard one. Uh, I went through a couple. Um, one of my more prominent choices would have been uh, short round. Mm. But um, I, I wound up not giving it to short round because there was a performance that was, a, it was a supporting performance, but I felt like it was incredible. Uh, K Hui Kwan, by the way, for short round. But it was a performance that uh, really in a lot of ways outshone the main performance. Uh, calling this underrated may be a bit of a stretch because it's a legendary actor that I'm talking about. But uh, nonetheless, uh, so uh, I wound up giving this award to Mr. John Goodman, who played Walter in The Big Lebowski. Oh, Cynthia's dog. I think it's Pomeranian. Oh, I can't leave him home alone or he eats the furniture. I'm watching it while Cynthia and Marty Ackerman are going to watch. brought a fucking Pomeranian bowling? He brought it bowling. I didn't rent it shoes. I'm not buying it a fucking beer. He's not taking your fucking turn, dude. Man, if my fucking ex-wife asked me to take care of her fucking dog while she and her boyfriend went to Honolulu, I'd tell her to go fuck herself. Why can't you board it? First of all, dude, you don't have an ex. Secondly, this is a fucking show dog with fucking papers. You can't board it. It gets upset. Hey, its man. hair falls out. Walter. Fucking no. dog has fucking papers. Over the line! Huh? I'm sorry, Smokey. You were over the line. That's a foul. Bullshit. Market eight, dude. Uh, excuse me. Market zero. Next brand. Bullshit, Walter. Market eight, dude. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bold. That is just a legendary performance. He's the comedic relief, but he's also believable enough to be incredible. Um, debatable if it's underrated, because I think a lot of people raved about how great he was in this movie. But man, I wanted to give him some recognition for that. I thought he was so good in it. So he was. There you go. His scenes were the ones where I was laughing the most because of his <laughs> ridiculousness. Shabbos, John. <laughs> Such as uh, throwing a. Or did he jump out of a car? Or? He, fa he kind of fell out, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> he had a gun and. <laughs> the Uzi or whatever just goes flying, <laughs> spraying bullets. <laughs> I love that scene. That's so good. 
so I went with um, Enzo Staiola, who played Bruno in Bicycle Thieves. Hmm. Um, he literally was underrated, I think. Well, maybe not according to film people, but he was literally a boy that they picked up off the street. Yep. When I talked about Quint, he was an actor. Or Robert Shaw was an actor. This was literally a boy that they picked up off the side of the street and put him in a movie. Uh, and he did great. He, he, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't looked it up. Um, yeah. He put in a great performance and it really helped uh, get that emotional connection in that movie between him and his father and the whole thing about poverty and doing what you have to do to survive and make a living for your family. And uh, that movie was surprising to me, but that performance was also uh, real surprising to me. Yeah. That that's really amazing that a kid, no actor training at all, just a kid was able to step up and deliver that. I agree with you and that that was just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you don't really get that anymore. Well, that's rare. That's rare anytime, but uh, you don't hear about that happening anymore. <clears throat> uh, what do you have for most underrated film? Oh, another one that I debated on a lot. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of good options here. I thought about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for this one, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a good movie that a lot of people just kind of dismiss as a kid's movie, which it is a kid's movie, but it's a really well done one. Uh, it's got a lot of fun. It's got staying power. It, it's still good to watch today, despite the fact that it's shoot, what, 20 years old now. Um, when did that come out? That that's an older movie. It doesn't matter. Like Around 30 years, years old. old. Yeah. 30 <laughs> years old. Oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> It's still good to watch. The, the animatronics look good. The story is a kid's movie story, but nonetheless, it's interesting. And, uh, you know, it's something that adults can enjoy watching with their kids. And anyway, I'm, I'm digressing on Ninja Turtles. I almost picked that one. I did not. Uh, I decided on the movie Legend for this To waste such power. Waste? Better watch out, old pal Pox, or I'll turn you into little pork chops. Why not turn everything into garbage? A great towering mountain of slop. Wouldn't that be magic? <laughs> higher, higher, burning fire, making music like a I had not really seen this movie all the way through when we watched it, and I expected it to be real hokey and awful, and it was a little bit, but not near as much as I thought, and I wound up enjoying that movie a lot more than I expected to. Um, it's very pretty. It's got some amazing effects in it. Um, the plot is unique and interesting and you wind up feeling like I did anyway, when the credits were rolling, I felt like I'd just woken up and had a crazy dream and 
um, I feel like it's not recognized as much as it should be. I think it's really, it's really great. There's some good performances in there too. Notably, of course, you got Tom Cruise and Tim Curry, uh, just nailing their performances, very young versions of them here also. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's where I went with it just because I felt like that movie should be recognized more than it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I, I have talked to other people at points in time and, that's good. Uh, mentioned, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a hermit. Uh, <laughs> and uh, mentioned legend, and they're like, "Huh? What? What's that?" I'm like, mm-hmm. it's, the, "It's the Tom Cruise movie." And they're like, "Tom Cruise was in a movie called Legend," and obviously they don't know anything about it because it was a, it was before Tom Cruise was Tom Cruise, and it was a weird fantasy movie. But it's it's not bad. It, it is a weird fantasy movie. That's a hundred percent accurate, but it's, it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. And if you really give it an honest try, I think you'll wind up liking it. Yeah. Um, I went with uh, American graffiti, which isn't really an underrated film. Uh, Well, come on, Bob. Come on, who is she? Come on! You know Mr. Beeman? He owns Hepcap Jewelers? Yeah. That's his wife. <laughs> Get out of here. That's ridiculous. That girl is young and beautiful. And married. And she was cruising 10th Street. Gotta be thinking of someone else. Hey, did you know that my ex is going to become a presidential aide. Yes. And um, it's a secret, so don't tell anybody, but his greatest ambition is to shake hands with President Kennedy. <laughs> How do you suppose you're going to do that, wishy-washy with J.C.? Well, uh, maybe... Necessarily. Uh, but it's it underrated was, to us. Yes, underrated to us. Um, but it is... You know, a George Lucas film before George Lucas was George Lucas. It was a film that starred Richard Dreyfus before he was big. Harrison Ford before he was big. Um, Ron Howard was already kind of big in television, but uh, he was in there. Like a lot of big name actors. Um, and it's a movie about basically going out on your own. Uh, growing up and getting out of the house and having to decide what you're going to do with the rest of your life and not wanting to go or wanting to go and get out of the town that you hate. Um, Mm -hmm. All of those feelings and emotions that a lot of people have. uh, But it was mixed with like a bit of comedy, a little bit of uh, drag racing action. Like it's, it's a pretty good film. Uh, yeah, one of the first real coming of age movies, right? It, yeah, it really surprised me, and I I enjoyed it a lot. And I think that was one of my favorite intros that we did. <laughs> um, so I, I will admit that that was probably the biggest surprise of the season for me. Um, I had had it on my list for a while, but had never seen it. 
and I expected it to be not that great. And it really was great. I, I enjoyed the whole movie. The characters were fun. The storytelling was good. Cinematography was outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked the way they handled the background music in that. Cause like the music is always, everyone's listening to the same radio station. And so they keep continuity of music in the movie from the perspective of being in the movie. It's not like, it's not like a sound or a, a music playing over the film. It's the characters hearing the music is how they do it. Mm-hmm. it super cool. And the way that it all comes from the same radio station that everybody listens to I, just, it was, that was great. Very cool. All right. Um, best movie for family movie night, Matt. Uh, this one. Yeah. So there's a couple of choices here. What's funny about this category to me is that there's a couple of movies that could win both best and worst. <laughs> uh, notably, the one that I can think of the most that comes to mind would be Temple of Doom. Uh, because that's a great family movie, right? Everybody would love it. I watched that with my family as a young man. Uh, but that movie also at the same time, absolutely traumatized the heck out of me seeing, you know, a heart ripped out of a guy's chest, seeing them eating chilled monkey brains (laughs) and seeing a guy crushed slowly by a giant rolling stone. Right, like, oh, there's there's several movies that would fit into that. Right, Alien Mm -hmm. is another example. Absolutely brilliant movie, but would you watch that with the kids? Maybe not a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I wound up going with the most family friendly option that I think we watched, which was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I went with that for the same reasons I talked about earlier. Um, It's a movie that holds up it's good for kids especially but there's enough in there that adults can have a good time with it too especially if they have nostalgia for the ninja turtles which most parents nowadays do if you don't you're probably grandparents by now (laughs) (laughs) yeah indeed uh that was my pick also and it's funny you talking about Temple of Doom, because I was, I came up with these picks based on what I thought my kids would enjoy or have enjoyed. Uh, But if I was thinking about myself as a kid, I would have picked Temple of Doom because I did watch it as a kid and I did love it, every bit of it. Um, I probably had some nightmares about certain scenes, but. Oh, I definitely did. Overall, I loved it. Uh, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is one that I have watched with our with our kids and my wife, and the laughter, the just overall joy that they got from that, uh, and the, the want to watch the rest of them, um, just a perfect a perfect movie for kids, especially. Hmm. Um, it's not super violent. There's not much language. It's just silly fun. Mm-hmm. You do have Raphael screaming damn into the night, though. Yes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, and the inverse of that, worst movie for family night. 
Oh man, Alien Apocalypse. Oh. Can you imagine watching that with your with your mom and your kids? <laughs> like imagine it from a kid's perspective, watching it with your mom, and then from the parents watching it with the kids. It's bad acting. It's terrible. You've got giant bugs eating people's heads off. <laughs> You've got like TNA on the screen. Like not like <laughs> not like nudity, but like enough that it's uncomfortable. Uh I don't know, man. That would be a rough family night movie, I feel like. That's something that I would have picked for my family to watch, and then everybody would have thrown bricks at me when it was over. <laughs> uh, that's funny. <clears throat> I didn't think about that. Um, so I took it more literally, and I went with Bicycle Thieves, because it's a movie in another language. And so <laughs> my, my son definitely couldn't watch it because he couldn't read fast enough to read the yeah, subtitles. Yeah, yeah. And my daughter could read the subtitles, but she would probably wouldn't care. <clears throat> it's a um, pretty depressing movie too, right? It's also and kind of a Seuss snooze fest. <laughs> yeah. They would, they would both be asleep. I did watch this with my wife and she, I think she enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, this is not a, a family movie night movie unless your family is much older and really into, into film. Yeah. Th then it would be a great choice. Actually. Yeah. Then it would be great. <laughs> uh, okay. Best scene. This one is always kind of difficult because you've got so many movies, so many scenes, a lot of great movies. Uh, however, this one was easy for me this year. Uh, okay. That's because one of my all-time favorite movies is being reviewed this season, and that is Jaws. Mm -hmm. And my favorite scene in Jaws is the scene you were talking about with Mr. Shaw, when they're all sitting around in the cabin of the boat, they're drinking and they're telling stories about their scars, and uh, Mr. Shaw goes into his monologue about his shipwreck that he was in. That whole scene... I just love that scene. I can watch it over and over. Every time I watch it, I get sucked into it, even though I know I can almost say the scene line for line now. Uh, it doesn't matter. I just, I love it. I, I love seeing Mr. Dreyfus throw his leg up and say, look at that, that right there. <laughs> and I like seeing, you know, Quinn over there. Ah, and he goes into his monologue and watching mm -hmm. Sheriff Brody as he's, you know, just kind of sitting there without any really great stories that matches what they're talking about and how you see the three characters come together and kind of bond in that moment, despite the fact that they've, they've all hated each other for the most part before that, you know, there was a lot of resentment. And then in that one moment, they all just kind of come together and become a team. And man, I love that scene so much. Um, it was an easy choice for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a masterful scene, uh, and I would have picked it, but I felt like I was Jaws heavy <laughs> on my picks. So I understand. <laughs> I knew there were other ones that I enjoyed, uh, and so I went with uh, Alien. Mm. Um, and this is when the crew goes into the alien ship. Uh, down into the bowels of it and find the the eggs and the dead alien. Oh uh, man, yes. It is 
It's a great it's scene. Oh, so good. Yes. <laughs> I'm okay. All right. Okay, I just slipped. Attention filled. They do a great thing that I talked about in the episode when we reviewed it with the helmets. They backlit the helmets so you could see the people's face instead of just seeing darkness. Um, so they can emote and they can do stuff to show you that they're scared or whatever. Um, that was a great choice. There's the visual effects of the eggs and the ship and the alien all together. Just it's breathtaking, man. It, it, it's yeah. That Geiger design is so alien. Right? It's mm-hmm. so otherworldly, and the way they created in that movie, it, it's got to be some of the best special effects at that time. Right? It's just oh, it's so crazy. It's creepy. It's cool. It's just a visual delight. I, yeah. I'm I fully support your decision on this one. That's a great mm-hmm. choice. And I don't, I don't understand why, like, this is an 80s movie. Uh, we've not seen anything like this since. Like, we've seen clones or we've seen other alien movies that that take the stuff forward and use the Geiger uh, aesthetic. But nothing that creative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, just, it seems like we've lost our creativity uh, in movies, especially. It would be I nice. Like, like, I think we'll find it again eventually. Probably. But I think that's not going to happen until the the remakes start making all the money that they're making. You know, mm. right now they're cash cows. And, yeah. you know, I'm guilty of it because I get super excited too. What's that? You're remaking Iron Eagle? Let's go. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. Um, eventually that's going to dry up. They're going to run out of movies to remake. And then they're either going to have to remake remakes or we're going to have to see new stuff. So I think it's just a matter of time, but how long that is, who knows? Yeah, there's no telling. All right, so that that's my best scene and also my rant on the modern cinema. <laughs> uh, best cinematography. Um, this one was a little harder for me. Uh, there, we had a lot of good, well-shot movies in this season. Um I thought about it for a long time and I wound up settling on none other than Indiana Jones and the temple of doom for this one. Okay. Um, you know, they, this one is kind of a unique Indiana Jones in that a lot of it's underground and in tight places and they film it so well. The set design is incredible, which is not what we're reviewing, but it helps with this cinematography. Like you've got a lot of chaotic things going on in this movie and you can always tell what's happening despite that, you know, um, the, the shot that I keep going to in my head is of course the minecart chase, 
where, you know, it, it's just chaos. And we're looking at a mixture of miniatures and real people and sets and the way that they present that. It's just so well done to me. Uh, on top of that, you know, the, the story in general, there's a lot of chaotic stuff in it and it all presents well. Uh, it's one of those movies where you could almost take a scene anywhere you want. Any scene, you could pick a, a still that would be a great poster, you know. Uh, just a, a beautiful movie. Uh, one of the best we've ever reviewed on the show. It's one of the few tens that we've done and one of the very few double tens that we've done. So, yeah. Temple of Doom for me. Excellent. No argument for me. <laughs> uh, that's a great movie. It's it's one I w- I've watched millions of times. It's, it's great. Would you? How about uh, bajillions? Yeah, fifty nine bajillion trillion quintillion. You know it's true, folks. John doesn't mess with statistics. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But I didn't pick Temple of Doom. I picked what? Jaws. What? Um, I. L- <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, okay. that's my very that's my very happy surprised what. It's okay, I have different degrees of what. Gotcha. Uh, I love the cinematography in Jaws. Um, it really puts you in that boat um, in that scenario in that situation where you have a rogue shark that is just killing people um, and I love uh, the way that it the the shots focus on the exact right spots um, we've got you've got the shark which we've already talked about before in our review but we don't see a lot of the shark. Uh, we see just the right amount of the shark. And um, one of the scenes in particular that jumps out is when they're trying to attach buoys to the shark. <laughs> and so good. They do. They did. They do one, uh, and then they do two, and then Quint's like, "He'll never be able to." He'll never be able to go under on that with that many buoys. Blah, blah, blah. And then he goes under. And then you see yes. the camera is in the ocean looking towards the boat. And you see those plastic uh, five gallon or whatever they are barrels go up under the water. Mm-hmm. And then you see the reaction of Brody and Quint and like that. <laughs> That was a perfect scene and set up perfectly and shot perfectly. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I use this already, but it's spine tingling. It, yeah. It gives me the shivers. What's, <clears throat> what's even more amazing about that to me is the fact that they had so much trouble filming that. You know, oh, they were, right. they were literally out in the ocean filming this movie. And, you know, the shark was having problems. Equipment was breaking down from the constant salt corrosion and the, the sun beating down on them all the time. And they still managed to pull that off. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a great uh, it's a great example of how to make a movie. Mm. And well, I know it's easier said than done because <laughs> that was Steven Spielberg. But uh, still, <laughs> 
use it as a template. <laughs> Maybe not how to make a movie, but what your final uh, movie should look like. The right? end. The end. The end product. This is what the end. end what was it? Um, I think it was James Cameron when he did The Abyss. He asked Steven Spielberg for advice <clears throat> on how to make a movie in water like that, and Steven Spielberg answered him, "Don't, don't do it. It's not <laughs> yeah. worth it." Don't film in water. <laughs> it's like it's, it is not worth it. I might be getting that confused with Waterworld. I don't remember exactly, but Waterworld oh, yeah. also notorious for having a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. True. All right, the movie with the best special effects. Oh come on! There's only one answer. Alien Apocalypse. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're halfway there. <laughs> I mean, this one I didn't even have to think about, and I'm sure you didn't either. It's Alien, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely groundbreaking stuff. The the Geiger sets, the, the chest bursting, the alien effects, the drool, the acid blood. Just so good. The fog. Even, even the lighting. Yeah, the lighting, fog, the lighting it, it's just, my gosh. If you can make a movie in the 80s that you can watch in 2023 and still be amazed at, you've done something right. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at you, Jurassic Park. You were the 90s, <laughs> but still. Stuff like that that holds up, that's timeless like that, that's truly art to me. And... uh yeah, when it comes to visual effects, there's just no contest in this list of movies. Yep. I 100% agree. Um, I didn't really think about it. I Like you said, I that's that's the movie that it was going to be. Uh, it's an obvious choice here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to the point where I think we... It's alien. It's almost alien. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it feels like it came from another place because nothing like it has really been replicated, um, in my opinion, as far as like sci-fi goes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just wow. Um, all right, the movie with the best soundtrack or score. So. Initially, when I went to choose my winner for this category, I thought the same thing as with visual effects. This is a slam dunk, easy choice, no questions asked. But then I rethought my choice because the obvious answer to me is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Because that Indiana Jones theme is arguably the best theme ever created period for a movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's better than the star Wars theme, uh, which is probably its next best contender. However, temple of doom is the second Indiana Jones movie, which means this theme is used across. What is it? Four or five movies now, right? So because of that fact, I went to jaws for this one.
Jaws also has an amazing theme, even though it's very simple. That's that's where the brilliance in it is. You know, it's just that Donna, Donna, two notes. Those two notes put dread in a nation. And I think that is incredible. And I love the way it escalates and you get into the more uh, more notes than two, obviously, after a while. But the beginning of that theme is so iconic. Um, and, you know, to be fair, it's used in all the Jaws movies, too. And there's as many Jaws movies as there are <laughs> Indiana Jones movies. But this is the first one. Yeah. So if we were doing Raiders of the Lost Ark, this would be hands down Raiders of the Lost Ark for me. But we're not. Mm-hmm. We're doing Temple of Doom. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's cheating using the theme <laughs> for another movie. So uh, Jaws gets the wad from me. Gotcha. Well, I'm cheating um, because it's called a theme, and a theme is used across the similar uh, theme. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're doing soundtracks, though. Yeah. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> but, but still, I said theme too, so it's all yeah. good. But still, uh, John Williams Raiders theme or Indiana Jones theme is great. Uh, it's still it's good. good and great, man. It, it's it's the best. Yeah. good in this movie um i have an honorable mention and that is american graffiti for all of the soundtrack Ooh, it uses that's a really good choice excuse me i hiccuped that's a very good choice yeah i i thought about that one um because there are a lot of tracks in that one that are great uh 50s uh music actual music but i had to give it to temple of doom because i love Raider, or I love Indiana Jones. I love John Williams. Uh, so that's what I went with. It's a it's a hard one to beat, in my opinion. It's a good choice, and I, I agree with you completely. Like I said, the only reason I didn't choose it was because it was the second in the in the set. Mm-hmm. Um, without There's doubt, no- man, it's one of the. It is probably the best movie theme ever made. Yeah, but there's there's more like. The Temp- Temple of Doom has some new music in it that is also good and fits with that theme of a little darker tone with that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wouldn't discount the rest of the score either, uh, but definitely that main Indiana Jones theme elevates it. Okay, we're down to the last three picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this first one is your best season three movie. I mean, it's easy, right? If you're if you've been listening to this podcast, you know what I'm going to choose here. Uh, it's 100. percent Oh, <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> all right. I cut you off there, but yeah, um, no joke. Uh, that is 
uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I'd put it in the top three of any list that uh, I would ever make of best movies or favorite movies. Uh, I adore that movie. I think it's almost perfect. Um, and I didn't even have to think about it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I also gave it to Jaws, uh, which is going to make our last pick pretty easy, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Jaws, it was harder for me to think about just because Temple of Doom is in there. Um, you know, The Big Lebowski was pretty great. American Graffiti was great, but um, it kind of comes down to what you prefer in movies. And I am definitely, I like good acting. I like really tense moments. I like more action-y stuff over more subtle stuff sometimes. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just like Jaws. There's there's something about Jaws that's special. Um, I don't think you could ever make that movie again and make it as good if it didn't exist you know yeah, they've tried and it hasn't worked out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay <clears throat> worst season I'm, one or what? i've got to say I, I gotta say before we move on i'm <laughs> i'm actually really surprised that you chose jaws over temple of doom yeah well it goes back to um our review of it uh I watched it recently and I was kind of, I, I enjoyed a lot of it, but at the same time I saw a lot that I didn't like, um, or could have been better, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so to me, I didn't see that with jaws. And so to me, that means temple of doom isn't as good as jaws. Mm -hmm. It's still up there. I mean, if I were to make a top, 20 list it probably would be on the on the top 20 uh but it it can't beat out jaws <laughs> um, i'm super happy to hear that okay worst season three movie for you the worst season three movie for me was without question children of the corn mm-hmm mm. Yes, I also picked that. Um, sometimes we get here and our rating does not reflect the worst movie. Uh, but in this case, I believe it did. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it is not very good. Um, I think the tone is all weird. Like it. It starts with an opening monologue from a kid who's talking about his parents being stabbed in the back as if it was just another day in the park. Um, and there's all these like children drawings of parents getting murdered. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they, they do a lot of, there's a lot of wasted time and they don't utilize some of their better characters very much. Uh, and then there's some weird visual effects and you don't ever really know what the thing is that's causing all this to happen. And it's just a mess. Agreed. All right. So what is our best season three movie, Matt? <laughs> well, 
You know, usually there is a bit of a debate here, but seeing as how we both have the same favorite movie, um, I think there's no debate. I think it's Jaws. This is, yep. yeah. I think it's Jaws. Is there any more you want to say about it? Or, I mean, I've said just about everything I think I need to. It, I love that movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. Um, you know, there there's books about the making of it. They're a great read if you're into the movie like I am. Um, I'm hoping to have a family vacation up to uh, the area where it was filmed someday uh, just to see some of the places. I know they probably don't look anywhere near the same anymore, but um, I just, I love it. Um mm-hmm. uh, everything about it. I love the movie. I love the music. I love the, like even like the theme park rides. If you remember universal studios down in Orlando, they used to have a jaws ride. I could ride that over and over and over again. I don't know. There's just something about that movie that registers with me. And, um, yeah, I love it. And I always will. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, as close as you can get to a perfect movie. Um, one of those it's one of those type movies <clears throat> all right i think that's going to put this season to rest unless you have anything else uh the only thing i've really got is just a big thank you um everyone out there listening uh we really appreciate you guys listening to us um as we've said before we do this for fun uh, this isn't really a money-making venture for us. Um, we've made very little through this podcast. Uh, we're definitely in the red. And that is not a plea for donations. That is a way of me telling you that we do this because we love it, not because it's for the money. Um, so if you're listening out there, we really do appreciate you listening. And we hope that you come back and join us for season four when we start back um, probably mid to late January. Um I want to say thank you to you, Mr. John Murphy, who tirelessly Mm. edits every single episode that you listen to this. Mm. Um, I've got the easy job. I just show up and act goofy. He, uh, he does all the work. So a big thank you to you for doing all the job of, uh, the podcast, honestly. And, um, yeah, I'll just say I love doing this podcast and I'll keep doing it for as long as we're able to keep doing it. So thanks, guys. Really, thank you a lot. Yes. Uh, and thanks to Matt for bringing the uh, funny and the creativity, because without that, what is it? Just a bunch That's of statistics. Probably a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and yes, thank you to our listeners, uh, all of you for hopefully enjoying what we put out. Um, and if you do love it, uh, or have any kind of criticism, you can email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or go to Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod and send us a message. Um, and as we mentioned up top, we have a website cinemamenpodcast.com where we have all every single episode we've ever done including the infamous season zero um so if you want to listen to all of them or one of them or six of them it doesn't matter they're all there to listen to um 
yeah, like Matt said, we'll be back sometime in 2024. And just uh, keep a lookout for that. All right. Thanks, everybody. And have a great rest of the year. See you next season.